Hey guys, it's Sam here. Welcome to another episode of Modern Life. Today we're going to be talking about the movie X-Men First Class. It's going to be myself, Stacy Tabby, and Brittany is also joining us today on this podcast. Um, if you want to find us on social media, you can do so on Instagram and Twitter. Our handle is at Modern Life Pod. You can also email us with any suggestions or things you want to hear us talk about on the podcast. The email for that is modernlifepod at gmail.com. So without further ado, let's get into it. talk about x-men first class we got Brittany back our resident expert regarding everything (laughs) (laughs) taylor swift uh marvel and hunger games Mm -hmm. anything else you want to add on your resume oh avatar the last airbender okay 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 yeah i didn't know she was a wolverine connoisseur (laughs) i love wolverine he's the only reason i dyed my hair red really yeah. The main reason was because I wanted to look like Jean Grey because that's, you know. Wait, what? what's, I don't even know, what's your natural hair color? Blonde. I had no idea. <laughs> I feel like I've only ever seen you with red hair. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, everyone here has because I dyed it a while ago. But yep, that's the reason. All right. Well, also joining us, we got Tabby. Mm-hmm. And we got Stacy. Hello. And then myself. Um, X-Men First Class. What do you want to start with? Modern Thoughts? Oh, yeah. I forgot about our Modern Thoughts. <laughs> what, you, what you got? Tell me about yours. You got... Uh, here, let me let me switch. Uh, I got yeah, the wrong works. book in my hand. <laughs> switch gears. <laughs> I totally forgot. It all ready to go, too. Um, we kind of talked about this, Tabby and I. I. I'm subscribed to this magazine that talks all about like liquors and beer and wine and everything. And there was this totally offbeat article about the history of foot rails in oh. bars which i found to be really interesting because it's not anything i've ever put any thought into um but basically bars used to be like how like coffee shops are in italy where it's like you go you get a couple shots and like back to work it's just like in and out i like that like you didn't used to like just sit at the bar top and linger forever um so it turns out humans, the human body's really bad at just kind of like standing for long periods of time. It like puts stress on your spine and everything. So these bartenders figured out, well, if we kind of make everyone more comfortable, I mean, first yeah. of all, they'll they'll spend more money here because yeah, they're going to hang here. around more. And so bartenders started putting in these foot rails. And it's just, you know, if you've ever used a foot rail, it's way more comfortable than just standing there. You kind of just, you know, distribute the weight, you're kind of switching <laughs> feet. And so it started in bars, and I really like this one part of the article where it goes, foot rails are both altruistic and mercenary. They're altruistic because they're installed for the comfort of the drinker. They're mercenary because the more comfortable drinkers are, the more they'll spend. A modest investment in a foot rail can evidently lead to a pleasing return. Um, and then obviously from foot rails, it got, you know, bartenders went... Well, what if we just put in chairs, then they'll hang out even longer and spend even more money. So it's just, yeah, I don't know. I just, I find it to be, it was like a really interesting article. And now it's to the point where most bars will have foot rails just for the tradition of it. But then you have these bar stools that have their own kind of foot rest. Mm. And then the foot rail, you really just are tripping over it when you're getting in and out of your bar stool. So 
It's like mm. it's like less function and more just that's just how a bar Tradition. looks. Like it has a foot rail, you know. The, so the magazine is called Imbibe. It's called Imbibe, and they always have really interesting, like this this whole. I think they they put out a magazine every two to three months, and this whole magazine is like on the history of gin. And oh. so it's just all these articles about Jen and they just they highlight all these bartenders from around the US. And I don't know, there's just always really interesting stuff. And also the photography is really nice. Yeah, excellent. it's just a really nice magazine. <laughs> um, like to subscribe. Yeah. Good one. Brittany, what you got? Uh mine are about orcas. They're my favorite animals. And something that a lot of people don't know is like how the emotions of orcas, how like deep they run. And uh like orcas Emotions are often compared to humans, like they feel the same like loss or they feel like they can feel the same anger or they can feel like the same love and like a fun fact. Well, this isn't a fun fact. This is actually a really sad fact, but (laughs) (laughs) they did a study on it and they like were following a pot of orcas around and one of the mothers gave birth uh, to a a calf and it died when it was born and uh, the mother actually carried it for 17 days and it was the longest like record and that was like proof of like how deep like their emotions run that like it's not just like oh toss it aside like it literally carried it with it but yeah so that's kind of sad but also it's really cool that orcas are that smart so don't go to SeaWorld. did you ever (laughs) see the documentary i did blackfish yeah yeah and where it goes in more the documentary if you don't know um they find all these origins of this certain whale that caused all this trouble at SeaWorld and where they got it from and the fisherman who captured it out of the sea i think he said something like grabbing it away from its mom was the most uh, it was the most gut-wrenching noise he's ever heard and it still haunts him to this day the sound the the mom made yeah because they they, like baby away uh they like keep like you know they follow each other for life and that's the other sad thing about SeaWorld is like They'll just take them away and ship them to the other parks. Yeah. <laughs> mm, uplifting stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, mine is actually really quick. Um, it's a YouTube channel. It's called Preppy Kitchen. Um, and it's a really high quality, high production um, cooking YouTube channel. This is something you just discovered or what? Um, I've been following it for a few months. The okay. guy's name is uh, John. He's very charismatic, and he just makes a lot of really fun cakes, cocktails, um, oh, dinners, cool. and like and everything. A, yeah, in a really okay. like non-patronizing way, shows mm. you how to do all these things, how to and breaks it down in a way that makes sense too. Because a lot of times I look up. Um, ingredients for cakes for example and on the website there'll be an ingredient like in the body of the description and then it never shows up Mm -hmm. you know we've all had that problem love recipe websites and then he also puts everything in um european and american measurements which i really what a guy so yeah i would recommend checking it out i think he makes the whole cooking and baking process a lot less um intimidating and more nice. fun so he's not like a food blog where he rambles on oh for five God. minutes yeah <laughs> the three paragraphs of the day i was born my mother made chocolate chip we used to eat this dish all the time going up and one sunny afternoon i remembered and i yeah like, no just give me the recipe please <laughs> that's great <laughs> <laughs> yep that's it stacy um, my fun fact, it, well, it's not really a fun fact, actually. It's more of a opinion on the fact that there's like 5,000 diets out there and how everybody keeps, you know, jumping on the new bandwagon, but no one really researches like what 
actually Happens. each diet entails or yeah. like how you're actually supposed to do it. They just like, oh, you're supposed to eliminate this. It's like, especially with like the new keto diet, which actually isn't a bad diet, but it's like really hard to, um, follow through on it because you need like one, the little like things to test to make sure you're still in ketosis. And then you also need to make sure that you're, you're eating like 133 grams of um, carbohydrates at least because that's what you need for brain function so that the, it doesn't turn. I thought you can't eat any carbs on the keto diet. That's, this is exactly my point. There's like a certain way you are supposed to eat carbs. You're supposed to be a certain type and you're only supposed to eat a very limited amount. And you have to eat that amount in order for your brain to function correctly and for not, you not to produce um, a negative amount of ketones, which is actually really bad for your body because it produces like an acid that your body can't use. And that's my point is like people are constantly coming up with these new things about being on diet after diet. And it's just like, I don't know how many times like I'm sitting at a table waiting on them and they're telling me they're on a diet. And I'm like, they start like picking my brain about like what I know. And it's like, dude, you're on this diet and you don't even know what you're doing. It's yeah, very people, frustrating. Uh, they <laughs> ask me too, like at Whole Foods, they would yeah. always ask me, what can I have on this diet? I'm like, I don't know this diet. I don't know. You tell me. Can I have this dish? I'm like, I don't know. That's crazy. <laughs> no, it's like crazy how many people, it's like they, they just have no idea like what they're supposed to get out of it, but they're doing it because they heard it's good for them. And it's like, you really should research because yeah. your body, just because somebody it's good for somebody's body, it doesn't mm -hmm. mean that it's good for your body. That's and it kind point. of depends on like what type of activity level you do or like I was just listening to a podcast. Um, I was listening to Conan actually. It was talking to um, what's his name? The guy that's. <sighs> I can't help you. It doesn't matter. The point <laughs> is, is that he has like this thing where he, used to do um intermediate fasting for like two days a week he wouldn't he wouldn't eat and he was constantly having people like ask him like a thousand questions about uh about the diet and like what had, and it turned into this morphous of like he would never eat for three days and then he would eat like this huge meal and it was like that's not what the diet was yeah. and then so uh, Conan asked him like, well, what happened once you start working out? And he's like, well, that's when the diet stopped because when I started working out, like I couldn't do it anymore because it required so much more energy when I was working out than it was. when I, And yeah. it's just like those little things that people just like, don't have any realization to when they start something. And it, it frustrates me because yo-yo um, dieting is actually like the number one way to mm -hmm. ruin your metabolism so mm -hmm. that you actually fail at all diets or yeah. fail at. And the best way to do it is just, you know, pick one type of eating that you can actually continue with and yeah. do that so your body can get used to it. But like, it just, it's very frustrating. That's yeah. my, that's my thought. So you're saying people are a bunch of sheep. Yeah, pretty much. Oh yeah. That's, that's <laughs> the human race for you. <laughs> Speaking of fasting, it's Ramadan. Happy Ramadan. Just throwing that out there. <laughs> I know it's really tough when you're living in a society where no one else is doing it and you're the only one doing it. And you're, we're happy for yeah, them. We're happy for them. Are you sure it's today? I swear I got I the notification. Oh, okay. I'm like, I thought I got the yeah, beginning of Ramadan. I thought there was something like three weeks ago. I thought. What what started about is it a week where you ago. give people the matzah? What's that? Oh, that's Passover. No. <laughs> 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 yeah, you throw matzah at people. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's hilarious. All right. Speaking of Jews and Jewish nice, holidays, nice. let's, talk about, let's talk about Magneto and some X-Men yes. here, all right? 
All righty, we're talking about X Men. Such a great lead in. That was so great. <laughs> that was perfect. Came out in 2011. It's directed by Matt Vaughn, and we kind of go back to the 60s when the X Men were first coming together. Everyone was happy and yeah. on. The Cold War. Why is it called First Class? Is it because of like the it's first the, class of X Men? Yes, that's okay, exactly that's what why. I thought. It's like his first. School. That's class. his first. Sure. His, okay. Yeah, exactly. Uh, okay. That's what, how, okay, that's how what is, I thought. I just wasn't Brittany, entirely how is sure. How was the school funded? Well, he's it's rich. Very, his family is rich. That's Charles no. Family. You can't just be infinitely rich though. For have the you rest ever met of trust fund children? Yeah. No, you can, and it's it's <laughs> yeah, like it, it's it's like it's literally family like money. Yeah, it's family yeah. money. It's like, like old money. That's always the thing. Like, oh, Batman's just well, rich forever, and then somebody not, actually did well, the Batman math. Batman actually on, like, like owns <laughs> this giant company that keeps Magneto's making money. Magneto's not rich. It's just Charles Xavier. It's no, Magneto not. has all that gold. That's how he's been funding his stuff, yeah. right? So oh, he's yeah. doing fine, but not family rich. Oh no, 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 no. This yeah. is like old money. Like it's yes, just there. exactly Charles Xavier. I'm sure he has businesses. They just don't go into it. He probably has many investments. Yeah. I just think about these people that have inherited now all these really old estates and how much they're struggling to maintain them because it's not like the old Well, he turned his into a school and that's not now that's Wait, who like who are you money. talking about? Just like people nowadays who live in these really old grand houses who are really relying on tourists coming in and they can't maintain these like giant castles and mm. most of them are going oh, it just like depends. it just depends how the money was managed he has a bunch you know? of mutated children to maintain his I thought they'd go there castle. for free you think they'd pay for oh tuition? yeah for sure I'm sure that yeah. they pay tuition really I, I do feel like they probably huh. maybe not all of them I'm sure that they, there are okay. some like, scholarship opportunities but <laughs> 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 but I, I feel like they probably. I feel like that's the only way that it makes sense that they're able to fund the entire thing. Maybe he's just that rich. I don't know. I, don't think I, I would think he would just have investments. Like yeah, Charles sure Xavier's doing fine. I don't know. He's a smart guy. You can imagine he'd be smart with his money. Oh yeah. <laughs> okay. S- speaking about his house, I just want to fast forward real fast. Uh-huh. At the end of the movie, it like. There's some reference. I forget who says it to Charles. They're like, you're not afraid. Like, oh, the Moira. the FBI lady. Moira. She's like, you're not afraid. Like, they're gonna come find you, or whatever. And he basically says, like, oh, they have no idea where I am. Meanwhile, he's at his childhood home. Like, the <laughs> FBI or CIA couldn't figure out like where his childhood home is. I don't know. And also, everyone knows where. Like, in the future, everyone knows where Xavier School for Gifted Students are but it's just like covered up as like oh this is a yeah I, that very, sounds like, silly. very smart children <laughs> very gifted but children. anyways i'm going like way ahead um a uh, moment when mystique and charles first uh, meet yes um uh, it makes no sense to me even though it's a really no, good sure. one and it's it doesn't it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense how but. does she know what the mom sounds like like there's a picture that you know yeah. what she looks like but how she doesn't and maybe maybe that's why he knew Maybe that's actually why he knew that it wasn't her. But it obviously mm. is implied that the reason he knew is because my mother had never set foot in his kitchen in her life. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so here's a question I have. So she doesn't age, right? Not really. She's kind of like Wolverine. Cause, okay, you know, so if that's the case, then how come she's young in the beginning of this? Cause it's, and then it's kind of like Wolverine, where like you know he got to a certain age where he and then he aging. just stopped aging. Yeah. Hmm. Okay, but so in the comics, is it actually like is she actually young at the same time that X is young, or is she actually is that just more oh, for this? They, like, yeah, that wasn't a thing in the comics. That 
at all, right? I'm, that I'm aware of. No, I'm pretty sure they just did that. All yeah, because like I, I, I read into it a little bit, and I was like, yeah, and I'm not finding this this storyline no. in all. I but I what I do like about it, even though because I love origin stories, like that's literally my favorite thing. Because I don't know why, but I've always just loved origin stories. So I like that they did it that way, just because like it gave us a chance to give all of these characters like a little background even mm. if it's not like their real background it still gave us a chance to like see it on tv well, That's yeah cool. like another really big uh weird thing is like we were also talking about um banshee is actually supposed to be cyclops younger brother but in this oh no no alex's havoc is cyclops's younger that's brother. what sorry that's yeah. what i meant sorry. but um cyclops actually in the new like in the newer ones i think he in apocalypse uh-huh. he's in it but he is ha- he's alex's younger brother like they just switch the ages yeah so they but are that's brothers not, that's not how it is mm. in the comics and right? the comics alex yeah. is older yeah. yeah but they still made them brothers like that's how they introduced uh that's how they introduced cyclops in apocalypse was mm-hmm. in like school he you know his, he got his laser eyes because both of them have lasers like that's yeah, how, yeah yeah and so alex was like oh i'm gonna bring my brother like here brother like this is the school this is where you need to be and then you know mm-hmm. cyclops was all like i don't i don't want to be here but we're not gonna talk about those movies they're not those <laughs> are, yeah we're not we're not talking about those right now so but yes you are correct that is true okay can we talk about that scene with kevin bacon where the mom gets shot Yes. In the office. Um, oh, yes. I like the setup, um, the layout of it, how it's flipped around, and then we see the lab, you know, on the mm-hmm. other side. I, yeah. I do like that. Um, I'm not a big fan of the, like, opera breath scream that that child actor does <laughs> after his mom does. Uh, <laughs> yep, that's the one. <laughs> I just don't, it didn't seem real to me. I've... I don't know. That should be you know, either more so guttural funny. or choked. Well, I also don't understand why he directs his anger at the it, yeah like, at everyone you, but yes. the one person that Who actually took the shot. It doesn't make and sense. And I and I'm like I'm like I get that he can't be injured, so maybe that like they didn't want to release that information. Yeah, that's yet. exactly why. But at the same time, like that's not realistic. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't yeah. make any it doesn't sense. Make sense. It doesn't play out yeah. like he literally destroyed a cabinet right right by his head and couldn't hit him <laughs> with it cabinet. like destroyed a cabinet <laughs> it was a little i was just like mm, this does not work for me oh my gosh that's so funny but yeah no what, well, um, wait, what can, can kevin bacon absorb like energy, physical any kind of kinetic but, energy yeah any energy oh, any, so okay. yeah kinetic energy. he really so can't he could actually like punch a wall and then that energy can reboot him right. yeah he really can't be hurt. Like, mm. there really is anyway. But, like, like you know, like you just said, they don't want to show that. They don't even want you right. to know until later. So, because that will kind of just ruin yeah. the whole. But it doesn't make sense. So. <laughs> yeah. But what's funny is that Scream reminds me so much of, in one of the later movies, in Apocalypse, they have Gene do the same thing. And... It was so like I'm watching it and I'm like this is so stupid. It's like, like Darth Vader level. <laughs> I, oh! <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, Can I feel like lo- long screams really work out. It yeah. just always. That's just all you have to do is much. just scream and that fixes everything. <laughs> it shows how much your tension you're feeling inside. Yeah, it's like you can't express that without the scream. Yeah. So Magneto is. Like Jewish, grows up in Germany. Oh God. I think Here we go. I think in the comics he lives in like Israel at some point. He's, if I look he's this also up. German too. But he has a British accent in all at the, the movies. At the beginning of the movie. You know, Brittany, uh, what you got? And an American <laughs> accent know, at the end of the movie. <laughs> you know, you know, a fox, they just <laughs> Honestly, they I, well, I, I can't I can't explain that. It's who, just who plays casting. Magneto in the uh 
Ian McKellen. Ian McKellen. Yeah. Right? So obviously, because he has a British accent, yeah. they had to kind of match that, I think. But well, why I, does Ian McKellen have right, a British Right, I still don't know why it was yeah, ever a no, British accent in the first place. Okay. Because he's an amazing actor. That's why. Okay. <laughs> and, the, and it makes <laughs> he me... He beat everyone out. <laughs> it makes me more upset because, like, Michael Fassbender is such a great actor. Oh, yeah. And there's no way he doesn't know how to do a German accent. If they had just asked him and directed oh, yeah. him to do a German accent, we would have gotten I'm sure he something yeah. that made more sense. Well, he speaks German in the bar scene, and... It's, he sounds like he's yeah. from, like he's amazing at it. Well, maybe he just like wanted to sound American. Maybe he was like, "I want to sound." Okay, American. then why sound British, British at the beginning or, of the movie? So he's like, supposed to be like have different, so that he can play off maybe. different things. Like <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. And if you're gonna do one, do you know, do it throughout the entire thing. Yeah, that would make yeah, sense. Yeah, That's so like Storm. They did the same thing with Storm in the first, the very first original one. She had like three different accents. Oh, did she? Because she's supposed to be African, but. She had, three so she had like Wakanda <laughs> accent. Well, she's supposed the, to. Her and, in the uh, comic, T'challa. she marries T'Challa. Yeah. yeah. She marries T'Challa. Oh, does she really? Yeah. Oh, I, did, I was yeah. just making a stupid joke. No, I no. Like, oh, sorry, I don't know anything about Marvel except for my stupid like card game that I'm obsessed with. And Great there's, like, card game, by the way. There's, there's cards that have both of them on it, and that's the only reason why I know. But yeah, yeah. The, she's supposed to be, yeah, she's supposed to be like huh. the queen of Africa. But, uh, yeah, she had three different accents in the first movie. I don't really know what happened there. I wonder if they're gonna do that now that Disney bought Fox. They could totally. Like, I, I'm, I'm do hoping a they Black do. Panther. I want Disney to just hmm. completely like yeah, try Disney. again. <laughs> yeah, and also the thing. Well, there's so much intermixing. In, sorry, I talked over you again. No, go ahead. Um, uh, there's so much <laughs> intermixing in the comic books of like this the three different worlds that it's oh, like yeah. it would yeah. be interesting to see it now that it can actually oh, yeah. be played out and, a little bit better. And Disney does such a good job at like keeping timelines straight and like keeping the continuity right, which is like that's all I want because like Fox mm-hmm. did so bad about that. Like so bad. Like in the original, like the very first X-Men movie that like Charles Xavier is talking about like, oh yeah, when I met Eric, I met him when I was 17 years old. And then they're definitely older than 17 in first class. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's a little like they just don't really keep timelines very well. They're, they're just like, oh, they won't remember that. So we'll just, you know. Didn't they mess it. up the timeline really bad in X-Men 2, like from X-Men 1? Um, no, I, I don't remember. They, they did mess it up a little bit. Yeah. The, the worst ones are definitely like where when Xavier meets Eric, like that's all messed up. And then uh, Jean's like aging is messed up because in the third X-Men movie, like Rise of the Dark Phoenix, they show her in the beginning, like in the, I think it's the 80s. Um, it's either the 80s or early 90s. And they like show, like Jean's about like probably 12 years old, maybe, maybe a little younger than 12. Uh, and they like show like Xavier and Eric meeting her. And then they have Jean in the 80s and like, the new apocalypse movie and she's like 18 (laughs) so yeah their timelines are a mess um but you know it's also hard when you're doing like oh yeah for sure but disney disney did it disney did it yeah Hmm. they just need to be better all i was gonna point out is uh michael fassbender is part german and he used Mm -hmm. to speak german at home growing up that's why he's um yeah that's why he's so he speaks like a native in this but then if you look at something like Inglorious Bastards, for example, he has a bit of an accent because that's what sets up that whole scene of events. Right. Is him having uh-huh. an accent. Right. Um, so there's no... It's just upsetting because it's like yeah. there's no way he can't do the job. And right. they didn't just stick to one, which is yeah. odd. <laughs> and that brings me to Kevin Bacon's terrible German act. 
Yeah, but he's allowed to be terrible because he's an American just like speaking German. No, he's I, not actually German. Yeah. Yeah, but in right. the in the movie he was supposed to be. No, he wasn't. He, he was, was supposed to be German? just another role that he was playing. Oh. He's like supposed to be like because he doesn't age. That's, so yeah. so when he was German, that was one of his... I like did a little bit of research on him, which you probably know way more than I do. But um, he's supposed to... like That clout thing is like is wow. one of his like alter egos, I guess okay. you could say. like One okay, of his things yeah. that he plant, uh, plants himself because he's been numerous things. Wow. I guess that makes sense then. Because, I mean, so what? His... What's that supervillain called? Something Shaw? Sebastian. Sebastian, Sebastian yeah. Shaw. He's like from Pittsburgh or something, right? Yeah, originally right? from Pittsburgh. So... I don't know, just the way I... Because I know you hate his accent. You're like, he's supposed to be German and he sucks at speaking German. And then when we looked it up, it just made more sense that he's just like this American working yeah. with the Germans. And like his Germans, <coughs> he's allowed to have terrible German because no, he's no, not German. No, no, but German. it's not just a bad accent. There are some lines he says and I was taking notes, not looking at the subtitles and I do not know what he said. Like how... Uh, how did the, the people he's working with, the other Germans, how not do they know that. what he's saying? Because his German is I so horrible. Well, I mean, like, they're probably not, like, I mean, it's, once again, it's Fox. They're probably just like, oh, no one's going to catch it. Like, <laughs> I feel like they do that in a lot of movies where they yeah. completely mess up, like, when they're doing a different language, like, they don't really, like, the like they don't really ask a German one. to, like, tell them what to say. Yeah. They, like, have somebody, They just like, have the lines there, and they're yeah. just like, and if it, if their acting is better in the one that doesn't make sense, then they're like, we'll use it. <laughs> it's just like you've had... Five lines. You couldn't get like a coach <laughs> to help you. Maybe that's the yeah. best he could do. Okay? Oh, Kevin, I'm we sure. love you though. I'm sure he tried his best. <laughs> I Kevin's know. a professional. I'm sure he yeah. tried his best. <laughs> he tried it's his fine. Best. It's fine. We don't know about his Russian in the movie. It's probably just as bad. Yeah, oh, probably. Yeah. I, I totally forgot he speaks Russian. <laughs> but then, like Michael Fassbender speaks French too, and it. I don't know anything about French, they but it, it sounds like he's doing a really good job. Yeah, like it is. sounds he super is. French. No, he is. They should have just used all their like all their languages and all their accents. They should have just done all of them. So I had Michael overdub <laughs> Kevin Bacon's voice in the German. Titles. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been great. Um, one thing I so you know Kevin Bacon has his like special helmet that Magneto later uh -huh. takes, and I always thought that the helmet looks slightly too big on Kevin Bacon's head. But then when, you know, Michael Fassbender, Magneto puts on the helmet, it looks perfect, which makes total sense because they just made like one helmet that's supposed to... Because it's, you know, everyone thinks that the helmet is like Magneto's helmet, so it would make sense that it would look... They, I feel like they designed it around his face yeah. and then was just like, well, Kevin, you have to put this on for half the movie. <laughs> but it's like the, the bottom of the helmet, it like ends like literally right above his eyes. It just looks like it's a little too big. That's so funny. But then Magneto puts it on like it looks just right. Yeah. Like, this is something I noticed watching it again the That's other funny. day. That is funny. Like I feel like they did the mold from Michael Fassbender probably, and then it was I'm like, sure Kevin Bacon, put this on. It was never meant to be his. It was not exactly. <laughs> Okay, so question. Something that really bothered me in the movie, and mm -hmm. I know everybody else thinks it's fine, but what about um, her... I'm sorry. I'm just blanking on her name. J-Law? Uh, what? Missy? Yeah, Jennifer Lawrence Missy? is like... I, I don't like how they changed her character's like costume in all of the movies. Yeah, they totally did. And I was, don't like the scales. I don't yeah. like the fact that she's naked. And the original... The only reason I could find for it was that the original Rebecca... 
wrong. I can't pronounce her last name, but she's like a model. And so Uh they wanted her to be naked because they wanted to show off how beautiful her physique was. And that is why they created this entire thing Back in the dark days of the early 2000s. (laughs) Well, I really like it bothers me that they like completely changed her entire appearance. And then I feel like Jennifer Lawrence like adapted it and they had an opportunity to like change it. Instead, they just adapted the old thing. Yeah. And I don't think she looks as good like that. Yeah, like, I mean the, the original. I mean, like the original was like she was beautiful. Yeah, it worked for her kind of. Even what are you saying about J Law? She's not beautiful. No, I think she's beautiful. I just don't like. Yeah, how and also on top of it, words. like they like I don't like the the coloring that they did on J Laws is just like so bright and vibrant that I think that's part of it that it just like stands out way too much. And the mm. old Mystique is a little more like like muted and like toned down which yeah like a little bit works. i think it was the red and it looks yeah it was like the red hair the hair is like, like way too fiery yeah. it's yeah. just yeah, not sure. it didn't work for me and, it, and i really it, like it bothered me throughout the entire mystique was always like one of my favorite characters in the old ones because i just thought she was like really interesting also she had a crush on wolverine which i could relate to so <laughs> <laughs> um i was really i was very critical of like jay law's performances as mystique and um I like went into this a little more like before when we talked about it in the Hunger Games mm-hmm. and uh it's yeah it's just something to me like the costume of it is like a little cringeworthy to me just yeah the whole Are you blaming it all on J-Law though? No, it's not all on J-Law. Okay. A lot of it I was Well, I mean she didn't she didn't yeah. create the costume. I don't know why the they did that yeah. red hair like so it was so different than the one yeah, the original it's very, one. Yeah, very very It was just like so bright. It looked fake. It looked like it was a wig the yeah. entire time. It didn't look like real mm-hmm. hair. Yeah. yeah. It like for sure. And then I just the whole imaging thing of like why does she have to be naked? Like she's not naked, naked in any proud. of the comic books. She's always wearing clothes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, why is it like why is she naked in? I guess in the they movie? just thought it would be empowering. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. Um, I think they also put a little too many prosthetics on her face, and then it makes her mm. eyes and the rest of her features look really Pop, small. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. When she's transitioning, I always look at her face like something's off. Like something. Even the little mystique looks more realistic. Like yeah, that. that worked yeah. for her. Yeah. Just, I don't know if and it was I just J Lo's facial they didn't expression. Do so much detail, also on the little one. Yeah, and they just went to town on J on J Lo. Yeah, her. So this movie is a year before Hunger Games comes out, and I feel like it. We getting we're getting like twenty year old, maybe probably nineteen when she filmed it. Uh-huh. We're getting like really young Jennifer she's Lawrence. To be super like no, I know, but her. Like her acting, this falls a little flat for me, but that's okay. Like she's just—I feel like she's just like growing into being uh-huh. like a better actor. Have but you watched the other ones? I have, yeah. yeah. No, it's obviously better. With I'm just saying, she's this is like one of the first yeah, major sure. roles sure, she did, sure. and like the acting falls a little flat. But she's obviously, you know, she becomes a way like. I just feel like if you watch her acting in this compared to Hunger Games, it's just like a world. I feel of, like she, like she just did like just grew. I feel like she actor. herself probably relates more to Katniss than Mystique too. I'm probably right. That probably helped. Yeah. <laughs> well, and also guess. this is, uh, if I remember correctly, one of her first action roles too. If uh-huh. you take mm-hmm. something like really dark and dramatic, like Winter's Bone, that where she was nominated for an Oscar, yeah, she's just amazing in that. And that was one of her first roles too mm-hmm. yeah i feel like also that j-lo doesn't j-la doesn't really do sexy very well no I don't so and mystique really? is I very mystique is, hustle she was yeah really, but it's yeah, but like she was a, so funny it's like a funny section yeah it's not like which it's that's not really like funny that you just, brought that up because so 
like we have the TVs on at work all the time and they're like right now blasting all these I think it's like it's one of the Chanel fragrances or whatever uh-huh. and they have Jennifer Lawrence just like wet hair like in yeah, the I've pool and one. she's like dipping out of the pool slowly and it like so I just don't see her as yeah. this like elegant sex because she's like this she's clumsy not- every <laughs> yeah, woman she's awkward and yeah. so I see those ads it always cracks me no, up for sure. it's just like that's like not her I, I agree and that's that and I think that's what I have a big problem with like believability yeah. in her character is just like she she's not she for one she doesn't seem comfortable no, and I don't. And yeah. she doesn't. She definitely doesn't come off as sexy. So all the scenes where she's like seducing people, I'm like, "What are you doing?" Like, yeah, you just <laughs> I would and, laugh. <laughs> yeah, and and the old movies, Mystique was very like she was like, like super like, come elegant. off super sexy, yeah. and like she was constantly trying to seduce Wolverine. Well, if you and, remember yeah. like her action scenes in those early X Men movies, she's she's always doing this. I feel like really elegant. Like martial arts yeah. gymnastics, yeah. it's always like super it. graceful and yeah. yeah, this is not the vibe. And she's like, like, like a fluid, like a fluid and... motion yeah. to everything she does that you just like do not get yeah. in this in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, and uh, uh, Jayla, she does great. Don't listen to them, Jayla. <laughs> she doesn't even want the part. I, this is the okay? thing I love, Jayla. You know that I'm like obsessed I just with her. If you compare... but this particular role did yeah. not work for her. No, I don't think so either. And just also, if you compare her in this movie compared to someone a little more seasoned, like. You're James McAvoy and I think Michael Fassbender who just goes like I feel like he goes all out acting in this uh, movie. Yeah, like he's well, just yeah, totally James McAvoy, fantastic. This was like his dream role. Like what I don't know if you guys know this, but like when he found out that he got cast for it, he went and shaved his head the next day. And oh, then I know that. he showed up and they were like, I'm ready. And they were like, No, oh, <laughs> we needed no. your hair. <laughs> <laughs> so for like the first half of the movie he's actually wearing a wig oh, so it looks so weird I kept looking at his hair that's yeah. why that's so amazing oh yeah, that's, that's how dedicated he was to this I'm ready to go guys that is a great story <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard that oh man yeah Michael Fassbender he has just such a power yeah, I like think, when I he's think on screen his performance is the best his in this performance movie, is like. beautiful I also think his <laughs> His character is the most well written in this movie, I, and I uh-huh. anyways, and the most developed. Like, yeah, yeah. Kind of- and, and just Magneto. Anyways, I just he's such a good villain. Like I just yeah. love him, and like just everything that he's been through just creates who he is, mm-hmm. and almost makes you like. I mean, even when I was younger watching it, I used to be like that. When you uh, on in the Dark Phoenix movie, when you're like on the menu screen mm-hmm. before it takes you to the menu, it's like. Will you like join the Brotherhood or take a stand? And I literally, as a child, was like, "No, nah, I'm gonna join the you Brotherhood." Mean, you mean the last, the last stand movie, <laughs> well, the like, third one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like the 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 thing about Magneto is he he has a likability, and I think that with any good villain, if there's not a yeah. likability, like you don't you understand <laughs> why yeah. like people want to follow it. him. Like, you, yeah, it's it. And I'm not giving him any credit, but like it's with the new Avengers and um. Locust, like everybody loves Locust. Locust, yeah, yeah. Loki, Loki. Yeah, sorry. (laughs) And that's why every. I feel like that's why everybody like why he keeps reappearing is because everybody likes him because there's like a a weird like ability with him. And most like in a lot of series, I usually like the villain the best, and this is definitely a good example of like that for me. I love Magneto. Well, I think where where Marvel falls flat so often are the villains. Yeah, for sure. I would 100%. Steve said that on our Casino Royale podcast. There's so few good villains in the Marvel movies and Magneto is consistently... I think what's so great about him is like... Especially with the X-Men, you have Charles Xavier and Magneto. I feel like 
like I'm I'm never a hundred percent for each one of them. I feel yeah. like they're both slightly they're right both with their points, <laughs> which is what makes that dynamic so great. Is yeah. Like they both have good points about the way and they want to handle things. To even like make it better is they used to be friends. Right. <laughs> That's what like makes it even better is like they both have great points and you're like, which one do I follow? And they used to be friends. But Magneto so, yeah. is always I mean you always see like the humans doing shitty stuff to the mutants and like that's totally Magneto's point. Like why are we putting yeah, up with this? Exactly. So uh, you always kind of see his point of view, which I... And I like, and I'm a human and I still right. agree with him. <laughs> He's convinced me. So I feel like if, if, if you can relate at all to the villain, like that's what makes a yeah, great villain. A lot for of sure. I think it was a really tall order to find a pair that could in any way come close to Ian McKellen and Patrick yeah. Stewart, oh, yeah. right. one of the greatest actors we have to this right. day. And Jim McAvoy and Michael Fassbender just kill it in every scene, the especially romance. the yeah. when it he's trying beautiful. to move the, the satellite dish. Mm-hmm. Oh, that just, scene. That oh, my scene God. where he's like beautiful. crying, thinking of that, and then it sh- shoots back to James McAvoy and he's um he's wiping his tear mm-hmm. yeah. away. I'm like crying right now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know. <laughs> so I know. I know. I'm getting chills. Yeah, they're both like they're <sighs> both beautiful. fantastic. Oh, uh, and the scene where he gets like shot. Now, granted, there's like the bleeding out thing that you pointed out. That the reality, it doesn't really make a whole lot of yeah, sense. Yeah, if you but... get shot in the back, don't lie on your back. Lie on your stomach. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you all know. Yeah, uh, I don't think that would have worked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was controlling the blood flow with his brain. Yeah, I like want to imagine him talking in the sand. Butt, but... He's like peeled over in the yeah. sand. I just imagine the alternate ending on the DVD, and it's just James McAvoy's face in the sand, and yeah. he keeps having to lift it up to like talk to him. I can't just sand feel my in legs. His face. Head back in the sand. Head back up. I can't feel my legs. Yeah, was, they're all the like sand. holding hands, teleporting away, and I'm like, does, does anybody really want to teleport him to a hospital? Yeah, like that, maybe. That. I would just send the devil guy to, hey, can Azazel, you bring him to the hospital yeah. and like bring him right back? That would be great. And then right? we'll go our separate ways. <laughs> and the fu- a fun fact about Azazel, actually, that a lot of people don't know, is in the comics, Azazel and Mystique actually have like uh, like an affair. They have, yeah, like, that's how they get affair. Crawler, right? And Nightcrawler's their Nightcrawler's kid. their kid. And I was so excited for Apocalypse because like they were teasing in that, like, oh, like Mystique mm-hmm. is going to like... At, like talk about Nightcrawler being her son mm-hmm. like they show that and then they didn't Never ever happened. touch it at all and I was so angry I was like that was a perfect opportunity so we were wondering huh. about that because she she remembered that that she, uh, Tabby remembered that it was like that Mystique was with him but you couldn't remember where she came up with that information yeah. and I had found it when I was doing research for this podcast and I was I couldn't remember if we actually had touched on that in the movies. No, they yeah, because I thought this person was Nightcrawler. This is Azel. This character. is Azel. This I is thought his was dad. Like, yeah, yeah, and then it all makes so sense. So that Dark yeah. Phoenix movie's coming out because I I feel like at some point they have to talk about it because I eventually like, the timeline's going to interlap with yeah. the old X Men, right? Well, yeah, because at the end of uh at the end of Days of Future Past, mm-hmm. uh, they like have at the end of the scene like Wolverine walks in and like Jean's there mm-hmm. waiting in the door and like Scott's there and he's like you know and storms there like they're all there and like it's the original actors mm-hmm. so it's like supposed to be like oh yeah see like we went back to like, oh, yeah, everything right. everything happened like every like all like all the original movies are real but it doesn't make sense because the timeline is completely I remember off. that movie being such a mess i like i couldn't which one days of future past <laughs> yeah yeah for sure oh, man. i think i remember seeing that in the theater i was just like uh, what that was is the first happening? time wa- like that i was watching that and i was like i don't know how i feel because like they 
I was really angry that they were making Mystique the main character in it, mm-hmm. and they were just completely focusing on her. And I was like, why are they doing this? Like, she's not a main character. Because it's like, Jennifer Lawrence, and exactly. she was the and biggest star in the world at that point. They were like, oh, we have Jennifer yeah. Lawrence. Like, let's make her our main character. And I was so angry about that, that they just had a, such an opportunity, and yeah. they completely missed it. It's weird how it completely... So Hunger Games comes out a year later, and Jennifer Lawrence Blew becomes up. this huge star, yeah. but then she's, prob- she's probably like contractually obligated to keep doing these X-Men exactly. movies, and exactly. they just make her part so much bigger because they have to pay her like $20 million a movie now, probably. Yeah. So yeah, it's weird how that changed... Because she the is story? like, yeah, she's yeah. like the main character in some of yeah. those newer movies. Which is a shame because it could have been so good if they had just yeah. done it right instead of. Actually, speaking of Days of Future Past, because I feel like that was like pre, if, if you kind of look at it like pre-Avengers, where it's or like pre-Avengers Endgame. Uh-huh. The one thing that Endgame that just came out does to its credit it is so ambitious and it does kind of pull off having all these characters in yeah, the movie. And then you look so at something well. like Days of Future Past where you have so all wrong. these X-Men <laughs> and it's just such a mess. Yeah, and it's and like it how so not wrong. to do that. Yeah. So Marvel probably like watched <laughs> Days yeah. of Future Past. And like, and what can we notes. not do? What do we not do? <laughs> so, yeah. And that's why I'm not super like I'm, I'm not super stoked for Dark Phoenix because just Apocalypse was I, just, I can't even talk about Apocalypse. <laughs> it was just so disappointing. I have a question about um, Emma Frost. Because uh-huh. she's in my in my Marvel game. She's the one in the um, white leather suit, right? Yeah, yeah. she's yeah. in my hero cards and in my villain cards. Uh-huh. Is she supposed to be good or is she supposed to be evil? She does both. Yeah, she's like she wavers. You know. Oh. Yeah, the, go ahead. You know way more than I, I do. She's, like, I don't know a whole lot about Emma Frost, but I know she's an anti-hero. So she's kind of like, you know. I know she went, um, from the research that I did, she originally, she did go to Xavier's school in the comics. And then she was always kind of like, she could, she went back and forth depending on, kind of like a, yeah. Yeah. It's kind of she, like, she was like part like of the good kind. Yeah, do. exactly. She was part of the good kind <laughs> for a little while. And then she was like, oh, I don't want to do that anymore. And then she yeah. like, so it was kind mm-hmm. of yeah. wishy-washy. I thought this Hellfire Club was like a chess club. <laughs> No, it's not. no, it's an old group of villains. <laughs> and like actually, Shaw, like Shaw, was the one one of the original Hellfire uh-huh. thing. He was like the black, yeah. black knight or something, right? Mm. Well, they all played chess on all the cards, so I thought it was a chess club. <laughs> they probably played chess at one point. Hellfire clubs were actually um, for persons of quality in the 18th century. They were like these private clubs hmm. that were um, established. So it it was a real thing that they that they used. That's cool. Um, I want to talk about the first third of this movie. Okay. Because I f- I feel like the first oh. quarter to third of this movie is like really just tight toy. and toy s- toy like a toy guy, and it's just like spot on. And like you have the bar scene with Michael Fassbender. Yeah, you talk about that scene. And the I, whole, I love that scene. Yeah, yeah, which we will get to, and just the whole intro with the whole World War Two, obviously like nazi camp background and it's just like really gritty and it's i don't i feel like it's just really good you have kind of you know everyone meets each other and then kind of i feel like the last quarter third of the movie you know the silly the action gets a little silly at parts and it's it's just really different from the beginning of the movie Mm -hmm. and i don't know I, i feel like like, I would watch a whole movie of just Michael Fassbender, like, hunting down Nazis as Magneto. Oh, yeah. I feel like they did that 
just so well. And I, I yeah. almost wish this movie was a little bit more of that. More, just a little more, more gritty. Origin. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Because it starts off like stories. really dark and gritty. And then at the end of the movie, it's like... More playful and kinda, like, we're yeah. going to start a school. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I just... <laughs> I get that. But let's let's talk about that bar scene if you want. Because it's, it's like Tarantino-esque. Yeah. Really well done. Um, yeah. Um, all I... That scene was what I remembered about this movie. Mm-hmm. I think it's one of the best scenes in this movie. Yeah, it's really good. And especially the colors, the the mm-hmm. really gold color of that. And I didn't realize until this watch through that it's the color of Bitburger. That's what sets up the whole scene. It's the color of the <laughs> beer. And then the entire scene is the is the color huh. of that beer. Oh, yeah, it's like a like yellowish twist. bar. Huh? Yeah. yeah. And oh, man, <laughs> it's so good. It's done so well. Like, yeah. Bit bitter. And it's it like builds with the music mm-hmm. and the tension. The I just want to point out that um, Henry Jackman did the music. He also did the music for um, Uncharted Four, which is I think one of the greatest video game soundtracks out there. It is <laughs> video game. She plays it all the time, all the time, um, <laughs> over and over and over, and over again. But just him like revealing, you know, his like numbers on his forearm, and the guys at the table just like. <gasps> Like choking up, and they're like, "Oh shit, it's about to go down." It's just done so well. Uh, also, yeah. just the the dialogue mm-hmm. is like the the pig farmer and the yeah. um uh, was that a tailor? The other guy's yeah, like yeah, a yeah. tailor. Um, yeah. it's it's just great. Yeah, it, it really so keeps great. you on the edge of your seat because you're just like, "Oh mm-hmm. my gosh, what are they gonna do?" Especially because we call back to that. Um, I think in Germany, I think. The difference I see a lot in our cultures is America is very obsessed with their military prowess. And my son's in the army. Everybody has that sticker on their car. Yeah. And they take a lot of pride in that structure. And in Germany, that saying like, oh, I was only following orders is is a trigger. And it's mm-hmm. like something we're taught in schools never to say and always to use our own judgment. Uh-huh. Um, so we're not that authority driven, I feel, because we've had that history. Right. Um, and having that line in the movie where the Nazis like, wir hatten unsere Befehle, like we had our orders. And then later on, James McAvoy says that like, oh, they're just following orders. Mm-hmm. Right. It's a really great callback right. to these very different ways of they've been brought up. Because like you said, the first third of this movie mm-hmm. is the contrast between our main characters. Mm-hmm. It's like this guy's having a great life and education right. and drinking at the bar. Then it cuts back to... You know, Magneto sitting like in and Geneva in the bars. hotel. Like, that's yeah, 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 yeah. That's yeah. It's so great. It. Yeah. Like, it, yeah. yeah, love that. I also love. And I love Magneto's line when he first sees the thing. Oh yeah, you really had it hard. Like, what did he? He's like, as soon as he sees yeah. the, big the big castle, and he's like, like yeah. yeah, oh, you yeah, really, really had it hard. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I love and. And uh, Xavier's scene, what like in his bar scene when he walks up to the girl, the first thing that I noticed when I was watching it was the ecto, the hectochromium, is like supposed to be a like an Easter egg in the original ones, the uh, Xavier almost died to a student that had hectochronium. And like that was a big thing in the original movies. Oh, okay. Yeah. I didn't hmm. remember that. I don't know. Hmm. I didn't know that. It was Stryker's son. I don't know if you guys know. No. But yeah, no. Was <laughs> he was also telepath. He was really strong too. But yeah, I would, I would watch Magneto, Nazi Hunter, X-Men yeah. spinoff movie all day long. <laughs> yeah. And that's a thing about Apocalypse. It started 
so good because it was kind of like Magneto went and he got married and he had a daughter mm-hmm. and like you're like oh he's finally getting like this happy life and then his wife and his daughter were murdered and you're like oh this movie like when I was watching it I was like this movie is gonna be so good like wait this is, is that awesome. the same as in the comics it's like it is, is that supposed to go back to him having a daughter because his wife doesn't die in the comics right like just his yeah daughter but his daughter does yeah she they she's murdered by so, so is that like a timeline the comics it's, no I it's, did, a, I did it's research off. so I like to like figure <laughs> it out yeah it's it's that de- like it's definitely not the same it's supposed to just like kind of like hint to it because his daughter in the comics actually wasn't a mutant the one that died yeah. And in the movie, she was. Oh, okay. And, uh, yeah. But they use the same name and everything just to kind of, like, you know, show the similarities there. But it's a little different. But the way that they did it was so... I was so excited. And then, the uh, like, the movie just kind of kept going downhill after that. I mean, just a quick... Like, any... I think any great origin movie has a great montage. So many good montages. And there's a great this. training montage. I love that. Together, also, the mutant-finding montage. That's yeah, that's montage. true. Another montage. Yes. A lot of montages. And we saw Wolverine. Yeah, I, I totally <laughs> oh, that was forgot great. about I his cameo. Because <laughs> I hadn't seen this movie. You know, I saw this movie when it first came out, and maybe like one time after that, and I totally I forgot that Wolverine cameo was in there. I was like, oh, oh hey. So I love also, that. Also, the cut, too, from the Cerebro? 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 Uh-huh. Where he's like oh, in there. Yeah, and, yeah, and it cuts see... to the bar. Yeah. And yeah, yeah that oh, was yeah, yeah. And in that scene, uh, you see Storm as a little girl. I don't know if you guys know that, but Storm as a little girl's in there. She's at the doctor, yeah. Oh, I, I, t- I think I missed that. Yeah. I'm going to go back and look yeah. at it. Rewatch oh, it. Oh, that was supposed to be Storm? Uh-huh. Oh, okay, okay. Um, yeah, what? Transitions to the strip club, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. Which, speaking of the strip club, I think that's my, like, least favorite. This little, like, angel? Butter- butterfly angel, angel lady. It's just like a weird superhero. Well, she's like a legit superhero, yeah. but they really like. I don't like how they like how they develop her character because she was really different in the. Yeah, they. I mean, I feel like they just needed. A lot of times, like even Marvel will do this too. They just take a character from the comics and like they just take because they have already written a character themselves that they're like, this is what we want for this mm. character. This is how they're going to develop, and they're like, okay, we'll just use this one. That works, and they just take it and like make it how they want instead mm. of and like they in um I don't want to say I was gonna use. Endgame as an example, but I don't want to say any spoilers, so I'm not going to say anything. Oh, it's fine. I think everyone's seen it. Okay. Everybody's seen it. Okay. Everybody's seen it. Spoiler alert. Uh, Tony's daughter, Morgan Stark, is actually like in the comics, Tony's cousin is Morgan. Yeah, cousin is Morgan Stark. And uh, Morgan Stark hates Tony and like spends his whole life trying to destroy Tony because Mm. he thinks that he was cheated out of the Stark fortune. And instead of like, you know, using that actual character from the comics, they just took like Morgan Stark, the name and everything and gave it to his daughter. And, you know, they recreated the character their way because, you know, they were like, we know we want to have Tony have a daughter and we'll just use this character instead because Mm. that works. And that's kind of what, you know, they did with Angel in this circumstance. Think. She was she was like a badass in the comics, like yeah. more of a like Just the whole like idea. butterfly wings, and then when you first see her like superpower, like I can spit fireballs, like you yeah, know, like, it's just all kind of silly. And then she never seems to change out of her stripper clothes the whole movie. She's yeah. like flying around. That's who she is. The, I just the whole character <laughs> yeah. is like a little weird. And then they never use her again, which is like yeah, 
I, I love those tattoos though. Tattoos are great. That's yeah, funny. it was cool how they did like the. Can I can I have a little uh, one minute TED talk session about? Yeah. Hey, let me just step about on tattoos? my podium. <laughs> no, about <laughs> I have a lot to say about Zoe Kravitz's um, character because I th- that character makes no it makes no sense like just. I understand. I think we see at the facility why she wouldn't want to stay there. We yeah. see a lot of evidence right. of um, people being like, oh, the mutants aren't there. We don't really care about them. Like, they're freaks. Um, right. And then there's also, I don't know why they, like, they put two people, like, of color in this. One turns evil for no reason. The other one dies right away. Yep. We're left <laughs> with all these, like, whitey tighties, Ron Weasleys. Like, I know. I was literally watching this thinking, like, they should just have Rupert play that part. <laughs> Yeah, they look the same. <laughs> yeah, they look exactly the same. Um, and with her, the, it's set up like a false choice, as if she only has a choice to go either with Kevin Bacon or stay mm-hmm. there, where she could just leave and not do anything. Yeah. And she's like, oh, yeah. men have been like taking advantage of me all my life, and that's the only motivation we get. And this part really doesn't age well in this movie. Yeah, and because- then we never see it again. Because we, I think we're now a little bit more conscious of, you know, the rights and people working in the sex industry uh-huh. and that it's not always like this sad drama story. Mm-hmm. And the movie sets it up like that. Like, oh, she's a stripper, so of course she's unhappy. And you have that line of Ex- Xavier is like, oh, you want a job where you can keep your clothes on? And it's the 60s, so I'm not faulting him for that line. Yeah. But it's set up in a way where the audience is supposed to agree with Charles yeah. in that scene. Right. Yeah. Um. And then also, like, Kevin Bacon could have just teleported into that room and been like, you guys want to come with me? Instead, he, like, drops every single person from the sky. Yeah, but I think <laughs> that was supposed to be, oh, like... I didn't think about that. I think it, that was more supposed to be him being, like, you know... we Demonstrating I, Well, I hate power. the humans, yeah. yeah. Like, he's, he doesn't care about the humans. Yeah. He wants just, them to die, so... That character wasn't developed enough for me to believe that she now is going to go with him kill everyone like she's suddenly evil yeah she's well because that is around. really weird that she just watched him literally like murder all these people and then she's like yeah i'm gonna go with you <laughs> i would or make that she like watch like the one people that she connected with for the like, first time for the ever. first time like she just she's, like them. watches them die like he tries to save her and she still like goes with them like that doesn't make sense to me yeah even after killing darwin yeah and she's like this yeah. is who was fine. trying to save her yeah you know yeah. what i mean it was like literally put himself in a harm's way to like block her from the attack yeah, to and show then, her like this yeah. is how much we care about you and then she still yeah. goes like doesn't make any sense to me yep yeah. it definitely I'm just, that, that, that whole scene doesn't really work it's really just there to like just to give kevin bacon yeah. a cool scene also <laughs> yeah. what what's the devil guy's name I azazel was, it's a weird name azazel yeah. <laughs> he's like drop like you see these people just dropping out of the sky and like hitting it's the really concrete. violent the fact this movie is pg-13 is insane to me and then like the whole part, like I don't know when they're in that like CIA facility and they're partying, yeah. and then Xavier and Magneto are like, hey, look, we I thought higher of you. I Meanwhile, the next scene, Magneto like when they're invading that Russian guy's oh, yeah. house, he's like, he's like "Well, screw you guys," and he just kills yeah. civilian. Mm-hmm. Like, totally doesn't stick to the plan. Well, you so know, he's not being professional. He's not expecting at all. that much from Magneto. <laughs> he I expects never, it from Raven. <laughs> that scene doesn't really hold up when they give the kids <laughs> shit about partying because yeah. I mean they're just like. They didn't like yeah. do anything that bad. And they yeah. just we found out that there's better. like other people like them. Yeah. And they can actually like be themselves and like show their like. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it, doesn't, it didn't work for me. It I just think doesn't really work because then it 
So then they leave them behind to go on that Russian mission, and yeah. then Kevin Bacon. It's just it's like kind of this forced setup. Yeah, I like, think that 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 scene was just like trying to start the like the split, the split between yeah. Raven and Xavier. I think that's what that was for. Was to try to like put that like in Raven to be like, oh, like you know, he never lets me be me, and blah 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 blah. Yeah. To give her like to give you that feeling more comfortable when she does leave, because you're watching it thinking like, oh yeah, like this is how he's always treated her. So of course like she wants to leave. Done that. Yeah, they definitely could have done it in a better way, but I feel like that's yeah. what they were doing. Yeah, I just feel like they could have done that with just like building her relationship with Magneto. Because For sure. Yeah. I feel like that was a better the, way. The, like to me, that worked better. In terms of her storyline, yeah. in terms yeah. of her storyline with um, Xavier, because him seeing her and always constantly telling her like she's just be yourself, you know what I yeah. mean? And then Xavier always telling her to hide. Yeah, like, that was where they should have. Yeah, more they should have like played that, whole that up scene more. Was just, like so unnecessary. Yeah. And then I think the whole scene with Kevin Bacon coming in that was just kind of like them trying to explain like what he was doing. I feel like they could have done it in a better way. Once again, uh, the scene where like. Xavier's looking into Emma's mind, Emma Frost's mind. Mm-hmm. That was great. That was like mm-hmm. such a good way of like showing like what the plan was. Right. But that was them just trying to show like this character is really evil and this is his plan. But he likes mutants. Yeah. <laughs> his plan also makes no sense. Yeah. He wants nuclear war. Not every mutant can withstand yeah. like yeah, nuclear of course. war. He probably just thinks <laughs> if they can't withstand it, then they're not truly mutant enough. <laughs> I think that was just an attempt to use like something that was actually happening at a time, right? To like make it more believable yeah. on the plot I looked, line. I looked into that because this movie tackles a lot of things, and the director, either the director or the writers, I was reading about, was saying, yes, this takes place around the same time as the civil rights movement, and they tried to put some commentary in there, mm. which just wasn't enough. But they were like, if we wanted, if we had to tackle that topic too, we couldn't just do it as another topic because it deserves way more mm. time makes sense um and i think that's what has always drawn me to the x-men it's kind of one of the only comic book things i'm really into because it's less action and more you know moral choices yes. and what does it yes. you know what does it mean to be a mutant and people being against to you be different. to be different um, yeah I, th- I think i tend to like superhero movies more that are grounded and like Wonder Woman, World War One, yeah. right? And this is kind of grounded in World War Two and Cold War. Like I like when stuff's like kind of grounded and in you history can relate a little to bit. It. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Not like we're makes flying it, into space. Yeah. Into it makes it more real. Galaxy. <laughs> and we're getting Captain Marvel. That's all fun and cool, but yeah. I just I personally prefer just yeah stuff you can relate to. Yeah, because it makes it seem more real. Because then yeah. like you leave the theater thinking like. Are mutants really real? Like, is this real? <laughs> They're not Britney. I know. <laughs> I wish they were. <laughs> because it also is significant, and the movie doesn't make any commentary on this. It's kind of up to the viewer to mm-hmm. recognize this. That when Mystique transitions into a human, she's a blonde white woman. That's yeah. her best mm-hmm. way of fitting in. She's not going to be black. She's not going to be. You know, I think that's very it's very important to mystique and her story mm-hmm. and yeah all those scenes are brilliant that scene where she finds out there's somebody like almost like disfigured like her like beast and jayla's yeah. like the look on her face and she has so much joy in her and then to find out that even these people can't accept themselves or her and try you know beast is yeah. always trying to, that like, he said like, that he literally says to her like i'm sorry but like your natural blue form and my feet are never going to be deemed beautiful in this yeah. society. Like, then, like she's just kind of, cause she's like trying to convince him, like, 
like, let's just be us. Like, let's just like, what, like, you know, this is who we are. Like, let's just be us. And he like literally tells her like, no, we can't because like Mm -hmm. no one's ever going to accept us. Like no matter what. And like the look on her face where she's just like. Yeah. She plays that really well. Yeah. She's, yeah. yeah, The dramatic scenes, she's really good in. Well, that's what she does. (laughs) That's what she does. She's. I wasn't she's saying not, she's bad in this yeah. movie, but it's just compared to her later stuff. And even like, still in the action tell. parts, that's not even her. She has a stunt double. She's not even doing like a lot of the action. Right. No, so. It's just something that stood out to me in, the, in those yeah, scenes sure. that she, they all did that really well. I also really love Nick Holt as an actor. He's, he's great. He's phenomenal. That's the one that plays Beast, right? Yeah. I, mm-hmm. I really like him. They yeah, dated like, in real um, life and then it turned out yeah, really like a bad. Million times, on right? and off for like yeah. 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> now they have to do the movies together and it's so awkward. <laughs> <laughs> One thing that doesn't really work. So when they're at the CIA like headquarters and they're all hanging out, there's like this over the top, like, you know, these like movies that like, like certain civil rights movies or like where people are being racist and like every white person is like over the top racist. That's how I feel like at the CIA facility, like everyone is being just such but, an a-hole to these movies. It's like a little over the top. But think about it. In real life, people who like are that way, how would they really react to people like that? I'm just not saying like every single person at the yeah. CIA besides like that one guy who takes them in. It just It's a little over the top. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe the CIA is just really bad at hiring morally sound people. <laughs> I'm sure they are. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this movie's also trying to say something about the women's rights movement yeah, with a few things thrown in there. And it's like, again, it's a, a little too caricature. Yeah. It, does it, it tries to do it in a funny way. Right. It, it does try to do maybe a little too many things. Yeah, for uh, sure. Everyone's... There's um, a lot to cover. <laughs> but there is a lot going on. Yeah, there's a lot to cover. The, uh, yeah. During that era, so to, to have to pull in all those was actually, like, that was what That's people true. were dealing yeah. with, you know what I mean? Um, I don't like James McAvoy putting his two fingers to his temple every time he does something. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'm over it. Um, I think there's a better they didn't have to visual like cue to let the audience know what's happening. Does he then. do that in the original action? No, there, I mean, he does sometimes, but not all. Like, I'm, I'm just now thinking about that. Like, he yeah, doesn't Patrick do all the time. Stewart doesn't need to do Patrick. Patrick. He literally, like... Yeah. Every single scene, he's like, put, he's like, oh. when he's in the bar and he's like, and the old lady will have a brandy. It's like, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I just, I wonder if that was just a choice by James McAvoy to like, yeah, this is what my character is going to do, and then he just, it wasn't ran your character. <laughs> he just kind of ran with it. I don't know. You're or, I don't borrowing know. I it. If, I wonder if it was him or like someone told him to do. I that. don't know. I, but yeah, that that was pretty silly. They didn't have to do that. <laughs> I'm like just now thinking about that. That's disappointing. It's like uh, Ewan McGregor when he's Obi Wan. He's always doing the lightsaber noises, and they had to cut it all out because he couldn't so stop. Funny. Like, oh yeah, doing the lightsaber noises. <laughs> <laughs> One thing I think is just going back to Mystique. I forgot to mention this earlier when we we're talking about her. Uh-huh. I feel like she's fairly useless in this movie. At the very end, she like kicks one guy in the face remember i was laughing at the end of the movie where she yeah. comes out of the wrecked like ship and she kicks the guy to like save yeah for james sure. mcavoy's life or whatever and then she's like ha like look i did something yeah she's <laughs> she just, like doesn't fight in this movie i feel at like all. the whole movie she's just being super dramatic and like yeah. the, you see the scene where she's like lifting the weights so it's supposed to be like look how strong she is and then which i'm sorry i don't think any like nobody was weightlifting in the 60s it was like pretty rare Really? Well, Mystique yeah. was. <laughs> you know, Charles Xavier had a very vast Body fortune. Bodybuilding, <laughs> like lifting weights, was like for weirdos up until 
like Arnold Schwarzenegger yeah. came huh, around. I didn't know that. Yeah. He had a very vast fortune. So. <laughs> the fact that in this castle they have this whole gym with weights. Exactly. Like, I'm not buying that. <laughs> but yeah, I think it was just supposed to like, that was supposed to show like, look how strong she is. Because yeah. she's supposed to be really strong right. because her, you right. know. Well, her. but it's also the way they treat her. They're like, you stay behind always. I guess so, you know? yeah. And then she does something. She's like, yeah, I did something. She's like, yeah, I did it. <laughs> um, I want to talk about the scene with the anchor really quick where uh, Magneto oh, yeah. cuts the ship in half with, yeah. with cool. the anchor. It's awesome. It's pretty awesome. That's it. That's all <laughs> it's I had awesome. to say. <laughs> That's the tweet. That <laughs> <laughs> Another, so at the end of the movie, Magneto gives this big speech to try to get people on his side. And I, I forget exactly how the speech goes. I should have written it out. But he's he basically identifies as American off the bat, which just going back to what I said earlier makes no sense at all because he's not American. Yeah. He probably is having like green card issues now that I'm thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> there's, a, there's a whole immigration scene that got cut out of this that movie. Got cut out? Yeah, especially because he's causing so much trouble. I'm pretty sure that there are green card issues. It's probably like oh what political refugee, I would think, if he's in the U.S., but yeah, he's not American. He's like from Germany and Poland. Yeah. I don't know. I just, I think it's weird. And at the very end of the movie, he like gets an American accent all of a sudden. And then his kids are Russian. Like, I'm just realizing this. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> he's been to some places. Oh yeah. He's like, he's like, you know, they're going to try to hurt all the mutants. It doesn't matter where you're from. Like, yeah. American. I can like, feel like, them like, with my metal. Why did you leave with American? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Also, okay, maybe Brittany can shine light on this. At the very end, Charles Xavier kisses that FBI agent. Yes. And none of us, like, there's no romantic buildup to that. Or yeah, but Moira and him actually do have a thing. In the comics. And, yeah, and also. Yeah, but not in the movies. So I know. What it's, it, they, it wasn't like, it wasn't developed very well. But like at the beginning, I think it was. No, it wasn't be- developed. At all. <laughs> in the beginning, they were supposed, like, you know, he, like, obviously has a thing for her when he's super drunk and he's like, oh, like. Yeah, but she doesn't have a thing for him at all. Well, yeah, well, she's part. just at this point, like, you know, trying to be like, I'm a woman in the CIA trying to, like, right. make myself known. And, like, I'm not stupid. That's the other thing. She's a doctor, right? Do- yeah. In, the, in comics, the comics, yeah. But she's not dumb. in the, they don't play in, that at So, all. in The Last Stand, um, Xavier dies. Gene kills yeah, him. Yeah, I remember yeah. that. But in the very end, his consciousness, he has an evil twin. Charles Xavier has an evil twin. Who doesn't? And but uh, but in like in the womb, Charles Xavier was like so smart that he like absorbed all of his evil twin's consciousness. Ridiculous. It's and disgusting. so his twin was like kind of brain dead just his whole life. But like conveniently, when Charles Xavier is killed, that consciousness is transferred into his evil twin and then like Charles Xavier is alive again and just in his evil twin's body. Brittany, you just came up with all that. No, I didn't. It's such nonsense. No, I, I, no remember, I didn't. I remember, now that you're talking about it, I remember watching the last And at the very end of the movie, like, what is going on? Dr. Moira comes in and like, yeah, yeah. she like, is talking like, to him and she's like, Charles? <laughs> yeah, and, <the laughs> and he's alive. Ends. And like, I they, like, they have a thing. And yeah, so she is a doctor. And for some reason, they don't really show that in this movie. Another thing, but most of the X Men movies are not good. But like, we like the X Men. We like the X Men. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hmm. That's why Come I really, on, I know, yeah. I really want Disney to do something they can with do that. Better. Because I love fan- the Fantastic Four too, but that still hasn't they've, been done yeah, yet. Yeah, they've screwed that well, up. Well, yeah. Many times. <laughs> many times. <laughs> 
so we'll see. Um, another scene I need to point out is when Beast takes J Law's blood with the needle, mm-hmm. and then McAneedo shows up. <laughs> And there's no like sterilization no pad. There's no band-aid afterwards. They're it's mutants, just like right? stab yeah, and he probably mutants. like they don't need any they're all mu- they're, yeah. that needle out of his. She butt, has the Lucas like, sights <laughs> of a teenager. She's fine. She'll recover. Um, so I was looking through IMDb, and I think we can credit this movie with like legitimately launching like some careers. So James McAvoy, Fassbender. James McAvoy was big before this. He really wasn't that. He was big. in Narnia. He not before <laughs> this, was it? Yeah, yeah, yeah way I before. I don't know. This. I feel like he Wait, wasn't no, no, as no. big. Way he before wasn't this. like started for ten with all these other. I feel like he wasn't as big of a lead. I feel like this solidified him. I'm not saying started his career, but like he solidified also, him as like the leading action. Man. I mean, I still liked him before this, but I, I this did make me like. I feel like it made me love him even more. Obviously, because I love like that Nicholas story. Holt had been around forever, but just doing like TV parts and stuff. And you know, I just feel like a lot of people like they saw them in this movie, and it just. Isn't it just that, kind of solidified but isn't a lot that of what happens with like, like a lot of Marvel movies? That's I like guess. a thing. Hmm. Yeah, hmm. I don't know. Yeah, Narnia was in 2005. Yeah, it's almost was... six years before. Yeah, but he wasn't like a leading man. He was, was Mr. Toughness. <laughs> Here's Mr. Tommy. That's pretty important. Is he not SNL sketch? <laughs> oh man, it's a good one. And I, you know, I mean, definitely helped Jennifer Lawrence's career. And then obviously, Hunger Games come out, and she's just solidified as the leading lady. I, I just, I feel like it helped a lot of people. Like this is yeah, a, this I mean, is a really see, good X Men movie. I can I see what like. you mean. Yeah, I like. I see what you where you're coming from. And yeah, it's like people that were like flying around Hollywood, and then this movie kind of really. If you look at their IMDb page mm-hmm. before and after this movie, there's the, just like a world of difference. The guy that plays Alex, I can't remember his name, but I loved him. He was in the he was in Taylor Swift's music video, <laughs> and he was in the Hannah Montana um, movie too. Um, he got he got a lot bigger after this. I actually worked with him. He was uh, they had the MacGyver TV show, the remake. And oh he, yeah, he plays MacGyver in it. I worked with him on that. Oh, really? Yeah. Is that TV that. still still on? Or no, I think, it, I think it got canceled. Yeah. That's Once Britney left, they were like, nah. <laughs> <laughs> the X-Men fan. <laughs> yeah. Done with it. <laughs> we can't do it anymore. Another thing about um, Jim McAvoy's acting is his genuine curiosity about all things mutant. It like it makes sense to me as somebody watching why he would start the school. Why, like, yeah. as a character, he just makes so much sense. Well, because mm-hmm. you know when he's little and he finds out about Mystique and he's like, "Oh my gosh!" Like, I'm not alone. There has to be more. And like, there are probably so many more out there that also think they're alone. And like, I want to help all of them. And you know, he spent all his life, especially alone, because his mom wasn't really there, and he was he just felt alone. <laughs> completely so it makes sense why and that's he what eric says too when he's like grabbing him in the water and he's like i, I thought, thought i was, I was alone. alone and he's like, like you're not you're not alone he's just out there all by himself yeah. oh, eric. but think about i think about how many others are out there all by themselves that think that they're the only ones that's what's crazy. This isn't real, right. Brittany. I, <laughs> <laughs> I just need to, I need to make sure we come back this, to reality this, again. This is okay. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I can dream, though, can't I? <laughs> yeah, I know. No, f- like, talking about real-life mutants, I actually just did... I mean, there are... Like, humans are still evolving, and there's genetic quirks all the time. I used to believe I was a mutant when I was younger. What was I your really superpower? Didn't. I thought I was telekinetic. Like, oh, I literally okay, okay. thought I would sit for hours and, like, try to move Damn. things, and I'd be like, no. 
Like you are like. I remember doing that after Star Wars. Blinger. I would try to like move stuff with my hand. I'm like no, it's not working. <laughs> um, yeah, way too practical to believe that. No, when I was a little kid, I totally tried that. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I was just reading about this doctor the other day, and he has this not making this up, and they actually, it's like rooted in science. It's not like some crazy superpower, obviously, but he has this ability to when he sees like someone else feeling pain or even he can like touch them he like knows he can feel their pain telepathic no it's not <laughs> it's, it's not like I, for, I forget how it, it explained the science behind it like it's like an energy it's, a, it's an empathy thing and all humans have it just slightly but for whatever reason his genetics his like his empathy that he experiences is like off the charts and so you know he would tell the story of like he's a doctor and he's watching this person die and he can literally like he like stopped breathing like he like feels it exactly yeah, how the like, patient feels like, it, which is which like makes me think about the scene where the coin is going through Shaw's head. Super cool, by the way. And oh, it's Mancoy's going like he feels it going right. through his head too. Yeah. So that doctor you're talking about is obviously yes, like obviously. <laughs> but like that's the I feel like I mean that's basically like a superpower. I yeah. feel like, and he he gets with all these patients and he can figure out exactly what's wrong with them because so he crazy. kind of. And they don't even know exactly what's wrong with them, but he, like, but feels, he like, there's this other story. He's with this patient, and he, he, like, notices that their hand is just slightly trembling. And then, so he notices his hand starts, like, trembling. And from that, he figures out, like, what's going on. Like, it's oh my this God, complete, that's, like, that's empathy so awesome. craziness. Yeah. I don't know if you guys have seen that, this video that's been trending, but it makes me think of this. There's, it's a little girl who, like, uh. Her sister like tweeted and she was like, my sister has trained her pet bird to attack people that she screams at. And so it's a video and like the little girl's talking to her sister and she's like, the, like the bird's sad. And her sister's like, the bird's sad. And she just turns around at her sister and just starts screaming and the bird just like attacks oh the camera and the God. camera goes black. And I, as soon as I saw it, I was like, I don't know how to tell you this, but uh, your little sister is a mutant for x <laughs> But so, so they're out there. <laughs> so where, where do we rank this movie on the X-Men? Is it our favorite X-Men No, movie? no, it's not my favorite. But it, okay. it is one of my favorites. I think it's the best made one. I still mm. think the original one is original the best. The original pretty classic. And I then on top... You know what? I say that I haven't seen the original in forever. So I, I feel like I'd have to... I that remember still, the me. relationship between Rogue and... Oh my Rogue gosh, that's my favorite thing. It's my favorite thing. In the first one, you mean? Yeah. Between Rogue and Wolverine. But because then, like... The whole like Cyclops love triangle, I'm not yeah, there yeah, for no, it. Absolutely no, I'm not. Good. Like I, I never liked Cyclops. You just, like, just, kind of a... like, you just broke her heart. I just want you to know that. Like Cyclops her body's still expression kind of went like completely like. She's with the, are you kidding me? No, she's with this great guy. No, I know. That's like that's the dynamic of this it. What asshole I love comes in with his side but that's the, and she's but, like. But that's the, thi <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing. Like yeah, like he he's hard to love. When you like first meet him, but then like you see like oh he's such a great guy like he really like the the dy dynamic between him and Rogue is just so beautiful and like this man who has always felt alone and he feels like he has nothing and he like literally tells Rogue like I'll be there for you like in that scene where they're on the train together mm -hmm. and he's telling her to come back he's like what do you mm -hmm. say do we give these freaks a second chance and she's like will we come with me and he was like yeah of course and like all that she likes the oh, bad my boys. Gosh. Jean, yeah, Jean. She, she, and that's I'm what, sorry, like, and then that because I love Scott guy. too. I love like, Scott. He gets cheated on in the Notebook oh, James too. Mars, and I James Mars is always the other guy. It's always a redhead too. Like if you think about it, it's Jean was redhead. They're evil. 
and just and also, and Enchanted too. The same thing happens with Amy Adams. Oh my God, this I, poor they're, guy. And they're all redheads. Oh, James. <laughs> but yeah, anyways, I like I love Scott too. Like I love him so much. He's one of my favorite X Men, and uh, so I love that dynamic. Hmm. The just the whole like you know between the three of them. That's just how she feels. To I me, love okay? them. I love you them. Respect. But that. my second favorite still is is Logan. That's I. That movie is just Logan's I don't know. Great. Logan's great. It's so good. Oh, uh, you know I never think of that as like an X Men movie. No, it's but an yes, X Men movie. <laughs> I know it's so good. But yeah, that's true. That probably would be my favorite. My favorite is still the original. It always will be. But my second favorite is definitely Logan. We watch the original. It's been a while. I have it on DVD. I'm sure you do. I wanted to say something about the um, environments and interior designs in this movie versus the makeup artist. Okay. Um, So J-Law's fashion is really groovy. We see a lot of like high-waisted pants. I actually like like the 60s fashion. I love that scene of um, Magneto sitting in the hotel room in Geneva and those green curtains like you're... All our grandmas had those like green colored right. like our grandma had a whole bathroom where everything was oh, that green God. color. It was so hideous. Green <laughs> toilet seat cover. It was oh, a fuzzy green God. toilet seat yeah. cover. And then I don't know who the makeup person was in hair. Like they just didn't get the memo. Like I was looking up um <laughs> yeah. what strippers looked like in the sixties and I was, you know, going through a bunch of pictures and just the feathered hair and all the different things like right. Angel didn't have that hair. No. J-Law, her hair is like too curly and too like early 2000s. Yeah. And for some reason, the the hair and makeup is super modern and doesn't remind me of A the 60s. A lot of times that happens. At all. For sure. Um, I used to work on the Goldbergs and I feel like sometimes the makeup artists there, they were just very like just trying to get things done for like the school kids. And so every day it was just very, for me, they'd just be like, okay, yeah, like just put on some like pink lipstick, uh, half pony. Yeah, that's fine. Like that'll work. And huh. I feel like sometimes that's how they just get. And especially um, when they're doing period pieces that almost feel like modern. Like I feel like oh, yeah. a good a good uh, example of this is Stranger Things. Sometimes they they just hire makeup artists that are more modern and they just go with it because they're like, this is what looks good on them. Like this is what's good for yeah. their face. Brought, and and we brought attention. this up in an earlier episode, but if you watch um, like Jane Austen period drama from the 70s, everybody's hair is like up to the heavens. I'm like, yeah. nobody was wearing that in like yeah. the 1820s. <laughs> but go off, sis. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Oh, something else about that training montage that I have mm-hmm. never seen in a training montage because it's always a starting point of sucking and then by the end, we're awesome, right? That mm-hmm. Those are training mm-hmm. montages. Yeah. And this one is hilarious my brother was like laughing his face off when ron weasley like falls in the leaves <laughs> like banshee <laughs> yeah when ron weasley, <laughs> ron weasley. <laughs> they push him off the window so he's like but i can't remember a single montage where they return to the beginning of the montage does that make sense like it's charles mm. and magneto and they're having that moment and he can't move the satellite dish. And then the montage scene ends with the development of that moment that we first started out with. Yeah. Or sorry, because we end with them looking at the TV, I think the beginning of the montage is actually like the end of the week. Sorry, does that make sense? Like, I think that moment between them is like the last moment of the week. But we start out with it in the montage. Oh, really? Yeah. You think so? Because yeah. he like is waving his gun at the TV. He for some reason still has the gun. Magneto, right. and then he's like waving it in the room. <laughs> right. 
Um, but yeah, I just I find that really brilliant narratively, and I hadn't seen. Wait, wait, it no, before. this the scene between James McAvoy and Fassbender. Mm-hmm. That's. So the beginning of the montage, at the end of the montage, mm-hmm. that's still the same. It's I don't still know. the yeah. same scene. Yeah. Right. You yeah. said it was a week same later. Same time. No, I, I think it's not at the beginning of the week. I think that scene happens at the oh, end I of the week. Oh, I see what you said. That yeah. whole scene. Yeah. Yes. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, well done. Well done. <laughs> Good job, guys. Did you look up what this director did besides this movie by any chance? Well, he also did The Last Stand, didn't he? No, he was like a producer and writer on The Last Stand. Oh, that's right, because we were starting to watch some of the extras, and oh, they were yeah. saying that they wrote the script for that third X-Men movie in a week, because they didn't have anything. They hired this. So this director, Matthew Vaughn, they like hired him and a few other people. When they started filming The Last Stand, there was like no script and he just like briefly yeah. mentioned this in the first class special features. He's like, yeah, we, you know, we knocked out the script in six days. And like <laughs> Tommy and I were just like, well, that's why that movie was yeah. a disaster. <laughs> it makes me sad because like I love the idea of that movie and I love the Dark Phoenix comics and Jean Grey is my favorite character. Mm-hmm. And it just had so much potential. And now I don't even want to like the new Dark Phoenix. I love Sophie Turner. Like I love Sophie Turner. I think she's great. I love Game of Thrones. I love Sophie Turner. I don't think she should be Jean Grey. And now I'm like just worried because I just love Jean so much. And I just, this new movie, I just don't think it's going to be very good. Just Sophie Turner plays like the victim very well. And she plays like that, the tortured soul. And that's just not Jean. Jean's like the popular girl at school. Like she was always the popular girl that everyone loved. And like, you know, she has two men fighting over her. And Sophie Turner is just very like, you know, the tortured soul and like the... Damsel in distress. But so this this mm-hmm. director, Matthew Vaughn, I just want to finish on him. So he yes. used to be the producer for all these Guy Ritchie movies like Snatch and uh, Lock, Stock, Two Smoking uh, Bill. And I think he's actually partially colorblind, they found out. Ooh. But um, so he was a producer for all these movies and he's like, well, I want to direct too. So he directs Layer Cake, which I don't know if you ever oh, saw he it. That's Layer like Cake. what got Daniel yeah. Craig to be James Bond. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> No, because there's this one scene in Layer Cake where he's like, he's like almost pretending to be James Bond, and the James Bond people saw that and they're like, he would be a great James Bond. Oh my gosh! It's this like indie British movie that basically plays like a Guy Ritchie movie. It's the first movie he ever directed, and then he makes he directs Stardust, which I know you love. Oh my god, he did it! And then he and then he makes Kick Ass, which I love. Yeah, it's like a great superhero movie. No thanks. I, he, love I don't know why you don't like that. I love that movie. It's so good. It is really I, I, good. Great Nicolas Cage Best performance. Nick- yeah. Yeah. Did you know no, they were planning true. on making like a hit girl spinoff and then they ended up oh, not doing yeah, it? That it didn't happen. So good. Oh, I like Stardust too. I didn't realize that. And then, and then he made X-Men First Class. So he's like crushing it as a director. And now yeah. he's making all those Kingsman movies, which I'm oh, not yeah. the biggest fan of. I don't like them at all. But I didn't see them. Like because... pretty good run for a first time director. You have like Video Cake, Stardust, Kick-Ass, and then First Class, which is it's not a perfect movie, but it's like a good. It's a good movie. It was the it was the one that re, like revamped the X Men thing. Like right. they were dying hardcore, yeah. and then that movie did such a like at least brought it back, even though yeah. they blew it again. But at least it brought it back <laughs> into the limelight. So obviously he did he did a good enough job to like. They are revamping the X Men again though with uh, the New Mutants. That's going to be the new right. I think they're doing a trilogy of it. I'm we'll sure. See. We'll see how. It- <laughs> But no, Tabby and I started watching the special features on X Men First Class, what? and so Brian Singer was like what? the major producer on this movie, and they right. kept interviewing him, and it was just 
Yeah, it was just a week because he's just a complete scumbag. We've known for like 20 years that this guy, they're bringing him like boys to his mansion. (laughs) None of these, it's such an insidious Uh. industry. None of these famous actors are like, oh no, I won't work with him. I know. It's just upsetting to me. It's sad. And I'm glad we... Like, we chose this movie before I looked up the director, and I was like, oh my god, please don't be a Brian Singer movie. And then I was like, oh, good, good, good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, his days seem to be over. He I got, think you know, so. he got fired from Bohemian Rhapsody, and <laughs> right, which but, not because of that, but then but when he got fired, it like re brought up that whole kid right. molestation thing. I, I'd be very surprised if he ever. But it's because of like bad press. It's not because anybody actually feels bad right. about it. Right. You know, that's the that's the problem, that's the problem. I'm having. Yeah, I agree. And yeah, we don't need to go into it further because I'm just going to be okay. upset. But can I talk about a scene where um, Beast turns into Beast? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. There could have been so many ways to film that. You could have had like a shot of the room and then he turns with the CGI. Mm-hmm. And instead they just focus on very specific body parts. Yeah. And have the camera follow and then zoom the camera in and out, in and out, like a heartbeat. And then it ends with a shot of like his reflection. Or his shadow, right? No, I think it's a reflection of one of the like beakers that he breaks. Yes, There's, yes, you're right. Yes. It's brilliant. It's so good. It uh, You don't need to do a big like CGI thing because it's all the camera doing mm-hmm. all the yeah. work for you. It doesn't need to look like a werewolf. And yeah, it, that was such a great choice. It was. The way they it did was. That. It's the greatest movie. like werewolf or jackal and high transformation that is not in either one of those movies. Yeah. yeah. It's like how it yeah. should be done. It's not cringy, yeah. yeah. And I, another thing, like I was really excited to see that transformation because I love hank in the old ones and he and the old ones like hank is so like funny and like they make his character really like funny and like kind of like the well, he's like the like, nerd right like the- yeah he, he is nerdy but they make him like he's supposed to be super like charismatic and funny oh. and then you see like this transformation and like how bitter he was mm-hmm. after it mm-hmm. and so like it's almost like that character development because you saw like how bitter and how much how angry he was about it but you know that later on he's like accepting and like he's this happy person mm-hmm. and like he's this funny person so yeah yeah the jackal and hyde there's some really weird like literary references so they talk about jackal and hyde which i didn't have as much of a problem with even though the comparison isn't entirely accurate and then they talk about frankenstein a lot too and it just seems mm-hmm. like something a writer threw in, like going, what does the average Joe know about books? Like, oh, they know <laughs> these two books. Because then Magneto has a line of like, I'm Frankenstein's monster. And I'm like, what is the, what is, that doesn't make any sense. Like his relationship with Kevin Bacon has no similarity yeah. between Victor and the creature he created. And it just feels very forced and thrown in. And it's like, for yeah, I don't like it. It sounds cool, man. It, exactly. Yeah. Like, it just is supposed and honestly, to sound honestly, there's cool. probably a lot of people that don't actually even know the story. So Yeah, that's what they're relying on. Yeah. And that's what I think is a little... St- if you're assuming your audience is stupid, that's never a good place to start. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Not stupid, but just uneducated. Uneducated, in that, yeah. In that field, like in that area. And so, yeah. I don't have a huge problem with it. No, but I, I get I what you're saying. Just thought that one was a little silly. The Jack yeah. one hide, I was like okay with because it's um, um, Charles doing his little analysis. Right. They have that scene, and right. he is actually supposed to be like the educated person. Yeah, you know. So I didn't, I didn't mind that. Well, I, and I think the Jack and Hyde thing 
kind of foreshadows, obviously, because then you have the scene right. afterwards of him transforming. So it's sort of like, you know, comes yeah. together. But yeah. Yeah. And him like losing control because he keeps injecting himself and then he 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 like ends up losing control in the story and that's exactly what happens mm-hmm. with with beast oh a line i really loved is at the very end is kevin baking saying um i'm so proud of you eric and the mm-hmm. way he says it too um it just rings true with a lot of dynamics and abusive relationships where your abuser will make you dependent on their approval mm-hmm. yeah um and i i it felt very real yeah and it felt like somebody mm-hmm. really did their like psychology research right but, on their relationship between Kevin Bacon and Magneto. I thought that was very well done. Yeah. yeah. Two great villains in the Marvel. I I, I like Kevin Bacon as the villain. Yeah, I know you're I like weird would. about No, him. I just don't like his German scenes. Yeah. But, but once yeah, we're done like with the that, character I'm Shaw. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's good. I think he's it's really good. good. He's a good uh, I villain. like it. Good old Kevin. I think our only problem with that last scene was the evil villain doing his monologue. Magneto talking to Kevin Bacon yeah. was too long. Especially because the music, whoever did the music editing, the music's already going full force and then it just mm-hmm. keeps going for like another minute until we finally get to that coin scene where the coin yeah. is going through and it's too long of a build up for me for a really, really awesome scene. Right. Yeah, I agree. It was a little much. I feel like they were just trying to like cram a lot of information in mm-hmm. there, which happens sometimes, unfortunately, but yeah. I do agree. Oh, and also at the end where Charles... But what we see the difference between Magneto and Charles is Charles is able to see the bigger picture. He knows that what they're doing to them is wrong and they're yeah, trying to understands. kill them with the missiles. But if they retaliate, he can see into, like he can see what consequences that will right. have. Mm-hmm. And Magneto, what they keep saying is he keeps getting stuck in his anger and isn't mm-hmm. able to be the bigger but person. But almost on top like almost on top of it of not just his anger, like Magneto sees a different future. He sees if we don't do mm-hmm. something now, then like then the mutants are going to go extinct. And like we need to do something now about it because mm-hmm. we have the opportunity. Like we're stronger. We can. And Charles is, Charles is more so of like, no, like humans will make like the right moral choice. Like we just have to give them the chance. Like they'll accept us eventually, which he's wrong. <laughs> well, because also but if you... That's the problem. If you send the missiles back to take all those ships out, it'll be exactly what Shaw wanted. Yeah. It'll start that nuclear right. war. Which I think Magneto in that moment is just like, rawr! You know? Magneto more so is just like, no, like let's just kill the human. Like he's not thinking about like that's going to start nuclear war. He's thinking like, let's just take all of the missiles and just kill both sides. And like then, then like let's just even move beyond that and just kill the rest of the normal. Well, he's really sapiens. not all that different from Shaw, though. Right? Yeah, but yeah, exactly. Which that's is more the so because right. Shaw, Shaw yeah. was like, if I do this, then the humans will just destroy right. each other. But Magneto's more so of like, no, I want to destroy them. Like right. I want that. Like I want that victory on myself. And like in the the thing that's crazy about it is because you know Charles is so like, no, like humans will make the right moral choice. We just have to give them the chance, and then. Days of Future Past happens and like you see the future where they created those like robots to go and destroy the mutants and like the mutants almost go extinct. So it's like Oh yeah. So I, it's like I, you I know blocked that movie out of my head. Right. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that's like that's what that's that was more so it wasn't so just Magneto's angry. It's 
he was scared because he's been there before. Yeah. You know, yeah. he didn't, you know, he didn't want a repeat of history. He, he yeah, wanted but, to but be on he the turns, side. He turns into exactly what he hated because he has exactly. no trouble killing these people. Exactly. Because like, they're different from those him. Those people on those ships, you know, they have kids and they have their, but he has no problem killing those people, yeah. you know. And his mindset of it, because, you know, just like you said, Charles literally says like, those are good innocent people right. they're just following orders and he you know trigger and then it's like the kill bill alarm is going off and yeah. like <laughs> said. um my last note is just something that may only be funny to me but you know when when the hellfire club and emma frost is there with the general mm-hmm. and she's like i brought the entertainment and then yeah. it's 20 strippers and then we find out it's like a tiny little room that goes into an office and it just yeah. reminded me of like the clown car <laughs> like more and more people come start yeah, coming in little room. I'm like, what happened to all those strippers? Like, where yeah. did they go? <laughs> That's it. I just yeah. thought it was funny. Did they all go into that little room? They all went into like the. But curtain. then they're not even they're on the other there. side. Yeah, where did they go? <laughs> I didn't think about that. <laughs> what a clown car. Yeah. I got I got a little game to play. It'll take two seconds. Um, so this movie was made eight years ago, right? Yeah. I want to see if you guys know how old the actors are now. Because I thought they're all like younger or older than they actually are. Okay. okay. How old do you think James McAvoy is? I think he's 41. Oh, you're good. He's 40. Okay. Okay. Fat Michael Fassbender? I think he's 45. Yeah, 43. 42. Oh, okay. He's only 42. Uh, how old is J-Law now? She's probably She's like 38. Eight. Yeah, I was going to say. 38? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> she's 28 right now. Oh, she's 28. Oh, oh, yeah, I guess that makes sense. She was 19. I thought she was... No. I thought she was in her 30s. I thought she was in her 30s. No, she's, no. she was only like 20. We grew when, up together. Yeah. She peaked too soon. <laughs> she was born in 1990. <laughs> That's how I feel about Jamie Bell, too. Like, these people, you, I think people feel like that about the Harry Potter actors, yeah. too. Yeah. They've just been just around forever. Grow up with. Um, See, like, I thought James McAvoy, he looks, both him and Fassbender look really young to me in this movie. Yeah, they do. But they were, like, already in their 30s, which I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, which is, goes back mm. to <laughs> Charles. I met Eric when we were 17. Eric. <laughs> um, okay, and then Nicholas Holt. How old do we think he is? Oh, Nick Holt. Because he's been around see. forever, About too. a boy came out when... Um, I bet you he's spread around the same age as Jennifer Lawrence. Give me a number. 27. No, he's he's older. What you got? About 32. 31. 29. 29. That's right. He's Taylor Swift's age. Yeah, that's great. (laughs) And then last but not least, how old is Kevin Bacon today? Kevin Bacon's in his 60. Let's say 57. Just 60. Oh, 60. Yeah, yeah. Just, I knew that. Just 60. I actually thought he was a little older than... Because it seems like he's been around forever, too. I yeah, he but he like started really young, 60s. too. Yeah, he did. He started like, yeah. when he was a baby. Such I a... just keep thinking of that scene in Avengers when he's like... Then we asked Thor. They're like, oh, is Kevin Bacon part of the Avengers? And he's like, oh, he may be. I haven't been there for a while. He may be a new addition to the group. <laughs> I think I was... Wait, when was this? And in Infinity Wars? I don't remember this. Yeah, there's a scene where, like, Thor's on the ship with the Guardians. Yeah. And uh, Mantis uh, asks, like... Because okay. uh, Thor says, Avengers, Earth's mightiest uh, heroes. And Mantis is like, is Kevin Bacon part of the group? And he's like, he might be. I haven't been I there for a while. That. He may be a new addition to the group. <laughs> so, Yeah. What else we got? Anything? No, that that was the only uh, thing that I want to touch on that I was like really disappointed in was at the very end when Eric like breaks in and he like comes up to Emma Mm -hmm. and he's like, "Oh, I was hoping you would feel a void." Then you never see Emma again, 
ever again. Well, also that scene makes no sense where she draws a circle in the glass and she's talking to the captors, right. but then she's still just sitting there. I think she was just letting them keep her. But then they just put point. her in this like normal room where she could really yeah. have just escaped. Which anytime. I think she knew she could escape. She was just letting them keep her because she was just like. But I don't get. So I don't know why. Magneto and Shaw Xavier capture this lady, but then just like don't. They do don't. Anything. Yeah, that's the thing. They don't do anything. It's weird. Uh, also, at the end, when Magneto comes at the end and like tells her that he wants her to join, right? They never use her again. Yeah, she's in never any in movies. any of the movies. They never yeah. use her in any of the movies. They all, like, I mean, they never use any of them again. You don't yeah. see any of them. Well, was anymore. she was she That's permanently silly. injured when Alex. they messed her neck up when they broke I, her no, thing? I don't think. I don't think she heals, right? I don't know. That's what I'm asking. That was another like, thing that was weird. Was like, like how she, did like, break after because she's been crashed? Yeah. Like, but so what was weird also in that scene was how did he know that like strangling her was going to make her like break out of that? Because they keep saying she's made out of diamond form. So he probably knew that uh, applying like pressure and stress. But how does he know if she like went back, back to Crystal? Like he was like, if she like goes back to Crystal again, just give a give her a gentle tap. How did he know that? He's really smart, I guess. But (laughs) come on. Well, that, I, just, weird, I, I didn't know. know if they like if she healed or if she had like a healing. I feel like ability. it's like part of her. She would just like heal over time. Yeah, I feel like it that's was just like a, I got. right. I, that's what I figured. And I'm right, so yeah, you're amazing. You're right all the time. <laughs> <laughs> In your mind, but good movie. It's like a really rewatch. It's like an easy watch. It's like not oh, yeah. too long. It's a good movie. It's a really good movie. I love it. The other thing I found really funny is when Havoc's. Um, a uh, suit gets destroyed. He has like a boob window. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's like this circle on <laughs> his chest. And it always just looks funny to it me. Look, he looks like a cyclops. <laughs> Foreshadowing. Yeah, I feel like I feel like some of the, that's like some of the superheroes are just little, like he has like these laser hula hoops and she got little butterfly wings that can spit little fireballs. It's just like <laughs> a little too silly. <laughs> laser know. hula hoops. That's great. He's like, everyone stand back. And then he's like, woo also like he can he can like shoot lasers out of his fists but they don't even show that yeah it's it's a little silly at parts but it's all good yeah all good all right well thanks for coming on Brittany. thanks for having me our uh, resident expert and uh, (laughs) oh thanks for listening guys we'll see you next week